everyone, and welcome to Magical Streaming, a podcast where we watch Disney+, Plus, give you some facts, give you some opinions, and mostly talk about random stuff. My name is Amber. My name's Marie. And this week we are talking about Fun and Fancy Free and Melody Time. Yep, two package films that we probably wouldn't have been able to make long episodes on if we had just done them separately. That's true. So, we're going to start with Fun and Fancy Free since it came out first. Marie, why don't you give us a synopsis? Alright, synopsis off of Disney+, Plus, which we've seen so far are so always so accurate. Uh, for Fun and Fancy Free goes as follow. Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Goofy, and Jiminy Cricket star in two classic animated featurettes. Come along as Jiminy Cricket tells the story of Bungo, a circus bear who wants nothing more than to be back with his friends and family in the wild. Then Severe Draw leaves Mickey, Donald, and Goofy with a solitary bean, which sprout a massive beanstalk to the heavens. There are so many things wrong with this synopsis. I can't wait until later to talk about it. First of all, Jiminy Cricket does not tell either of those stories. He's listening to them just as anybody else is, okay? Okay. He doesn't tell both stories. Secondly, Mickey, Donald, and Goofy don't start in both classics. They only start in one of the two featurettes. Thirdly, Bungo doesn't want to be back with his friends and family. He don't know nobody. (laughs) Fourthly, it's not the bean that sprouts into a beanstalk. They eat the bean, and then trade their cow for magic beans. I mean, I think that's the bean they're referring to, but anyway, it's it's not even a solitary bean. He trade, he gets three magic beans. But at the start of the thing, they have yeah, that one bean. Yeah, they're eating that one bean. Anyway, so, again, could, whoever writes these... Shout up at us because what are you doing? They're just kind of watching and they're like, oh, there was a bean. Okay. They're not even, no, they're not even watching. They, they like got the. They fast forward through it really quickly and see what they can see and then make a synopsis. There you go. That's more accurate. Anyway, let's uh, let's do some history. Okay, so Fun and Fancy Free, as we said, is a package film featuring two separate stories um, distributed by RKO Pictures, which is the distributor of all the package films in the war. Package films became very popular, as we've touched on before, because the studio is trying to save some money, because the war is going on. So the budget for this is question mark dollars. Well, it came out after the war. They started working on it in the war, but it came out in 1947. Yes, it came out after the war, but they're still recovering after the war. So box office, also, question mark dollars. There were some rentals, but question marks. Just question marks all over. So originally, these started out as two separate stories that were each going to be their own motion picture. The Legend of Happy Valley which became um, Mickey and the Beanstalk and Bongo the Bear. So The Legend of Happy Valley, they began working on May 2nd, 1940. So as we've said, this was during 
Yeah, they worked the on it during the war. And by October, they had about 50 minutes of animation completed. However, World War II stops production and the strike, and it gets shelved. Bongo was brought in as a sequel to Dumbo. And it was supposed to have some of the same supporting characters so that you could have that sequel feel, even though it would focus on Bongo the Bear. Um, The script was nearly done, and then Pearl Harbor happened, and then Disney got brought into the propaganda-making game, and so it was also put aside. Um, Now, Walt looked at what had been done and decided that both Bongo and The Legend of Happy Valley, which was then renamed Mickey and the Beanstalk, were not sophisticated enough to be standalone motion pictures. So they decided to put them as a package. Mickey and the Beanstalk, Walt really pushed to have with um, the willows, the dancing of the willows. It's another short that they were working on, but ultimately it was decided, ah, we'll do Bongo. They threw in some live action people that were uh, famous-ish to draw in the crowds, and bada bing, bada boom, we have it. That's it. That's the history you have. That's the history. All right. Yeah, there's a... It's actually one of the few package films that I have not seen. I had seen Mickey and the Beanstalk, but not Bongo the Bear. I don't think I had seen the whole of it. I had seen parts of it. Uh, very frequently the sequence with Mickey slicing the bread very, very, very thin and the bean, again, very, very, very thin. Uh, Those will come up every now and again. And I feel actually even that portion was... No, I don't... I'm not sure. Anyway, I've seen that, but... And I knew of it, but no, I had not seen it. And, like, at a point, I was trying to um, go down the list of Disney movies, like Disney animated movies, a few years back, and watching them. So that's how I came to watch Melody Time, and I came to watch Make My Music. Um, But you didn't watch Fun and Fancy Free. I did not. So it was the first time watching that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anywho, that's my... That's a story, all right. (laughs) Yeah, not much of one. Um, But yeah, no, I just feel like probably the um, Mickey and the Beanstalk has been then shown as a standalone. Like, they do play it on TV. And I don't think Bungo the Bear... Not really. Like, there was a cartoon... Uh, feature from Bongo the Bear, and also the villain in Bongo the Bear is um, was also fe- featured in Chip and Dale series where he was the villain. Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers? I don't know, because it was mm-hmm. older. Like, it was Not a series that ended in the 80s. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, other than that, I've never really heard of it. Um, now, some trivia about this. Like you mentioned, the features some live actors who are a little popular. Uh, One of those is Edgar Bergen, who is one of the most popular ventriloquists of the 1940s. 
even having his own radio show featuring Charlie McCarty and Mortimer Snurd. Um, He's not a very good ventriloquist. This is where this goes. After seeing this film, he said he was dismayed to see how much he moved his lips. Blaming it on the fact that on radio, he didn't have to not move his lips and had become spoiled. So, it makes sense because ventriloquy, like any other skill, is based on practice. So, if you're not practicing anymore because you're basically just on radio show making voices and you don't have to make that effort... All right, okay, fine. You are going to lose that that skill. Um, Also, it was a somewhat atypical performance for him because one of the reasons why he was so wildly popular is that he incorporated a lot of double intenders and risque humor in his dialogue. Did you just say double intenders? Yes. Double entendres? Okay. Why? <laughs> why? That's not even an English pronunciation. You just decided to do that. I tried to go with what would seem English. And I don't even know, like, that's not even French either. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so those were elements that were considered daring and innovative for the time. Uh, which obviously could not be used in a Disney film. Right. Uh, but he does still, you, you can see he retains a bit of that banter with the puppet making the, that's honestly the best part of this entire thing. No, the best part of this entire movie is when the narrator is talking about if Donald, Goofy, and Mickey were going to give up because things were going so tough. And he's like, yup, and that is when I lost it. I was trying to find the exact quote. I couldn't find it anywhere, but it was so funny because it's like, things are so awful, but are they going to be brought down by that? Yes, they will. (laughs) And I was like, finally, some relatable protagonists. (laughs) Yeah, actually, you know, that story in itself has a bit of... um... There's mixed opinions on whether the protagonist of, well, Jack and the Beanstalk, uh, in this case, Mickey and the Beanstalk, is good or bad, because... Depends on what, the, where you're looking at it from. Yeah, because, also, like, for the, like, in terms of the harp, um, and this, they make it clearly as he stole her. Right. But... I don't think in the original story. I think it's just one of his, like, belongings or even... Anyway. So, this basically is someone who just goes in and steals a bunch of stuff and then ends up killing this guy. Like... That's a burglary gone wrong. That is not a children's story. I mean, few children's stories are actually children appropriate, if you think about it. Especially if you look at the original versions. Alright, fair enough. Uh, Now, this is one of the first Walt Disney films to list the voice credits for the animated characters. And the first to actually list Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, and Goofy as if they were actors in a live-action film. I did notice that. And uh, this is also the last film, not the last performance, but the last film 
in which Walt Disney himself voiced Mickey Mouse. Uh, he did record some lines as Mickey Mouse for the Mickey Mouse Club later okay. on. But in terms of movie performances of Mickey, this was the last one. Right, because he was just too busy. He had other stuff to do. He can't be yeah. Yeah, he he can't can't be, be running around acting as Mickey and running a company. It's not yeah. feasible. Um, one of the reasons that they pushed also for Mickey and the Beanstalk was an effort to boost the popularity of Mickey Mouse because it was kind of dwindling. Right. He had been a very popular character from 1928 up until sometime in the mid-30s. Uh, but by the late 30s, both the studio staff and the audience were kind of starting to lose interest with him. They were more interested by Donald Duck, Goofy, and Pluto. Um, so... Walt ordered the production of some Mickey-centric film projects to kind of remedy to this problem, which I included mean, also the Brave Little Taylor and the Sorcerer's Apprentice. So what we know nowadays is Mickey is the most iconic character. But do people actually like Mickey more than they like Donald or Goofy or... I think it depends on the person. I think it's also... I don't think it's necessarily specifically in terms of characters. I think it's in terms of how they're featured. So, do I like Goofy more than I like Mickey? Because I like the how-to Goofy shorts better than I like some of the shorts that feature Mickey. I don't know. You know, right. it also depends on, did they're not I always what, portrayed the same. Right, I see what you're saying. I do think nowadays the idea that Mickey wouldn't be the front and center of things is kind of odd because he is kind of the, he is the Harry Potter of the series. He's the glue that holds it all together. Exactly. He's the, he's the leader of the club that's That's made made for for you and me. That is so true. (laughs) But yeah, like, I mean, I think the thing is, Mickey is more of a, he doesn't really have anything that sticks out personality-wise. He's just kind of a in good little new, fellow. In the well, new in the, ones, okay. he's sassy. Okay, well, that's different. They're all sassy in the new one. I like it. <laughs> it's just that you don't notice it as much because Daisy was always sassy and Donald was always angry. his angry <laughs> self. So, but yeah, like, historically... Does he really have that much of a personality other than, you know, he's a good little chap who does his things and he messes up sometimes and whereas, you know, Donald has his entertaining factor because he's always getting really angry and Goofy has his entertaining factor because he's dumb. (laughs) Yikes. Okay, I mean, have you seen the shorts? I have. There you go. Um, So, yeah, I... But he's he's Mickey. Do you think it worked? To bring his popularity, popularity back. back front and center? I mean, in terms of the fact that he is still... You know, this was in 1947. So we're looking... 70 years-ish? Like yeah. Like a little over 70 years ago. Um... Maybe if they had not succeeded at 
boosting his popularity a little bit further back up, we wouldn't see Mickey as the iconic, you know, persona that he is today. Um, it doesn't matter if he's the favorite or not. He's still iconic. Right. You know, he's still the one of the things that... It all started with a mouse. Yeah, it all started with a mouse. And it's one of the things that you will associate more the most to Disney. Like, you can draw a Mickey head and it's going to bring that image to everybody. Um, Was it that? Was it the Mickey Mouse Club? Because his being iconic, I don't think, again, is so much based on the fact that he is, like, his character in itself and how he's featured in things. I think it's really more about the meaning they've given him. Okay. I agree. Um, But, you know, few things make me as emotional as sitting at Hollywood Studios watching Fantasmic and getting to that very ending part when sorcerer mickey appears on the top of the mountain i love that moment because everybody just yeah it's the crowd reaction it's just so well timed the rise of the music it's a perfect moment it's honestly it's one of the most emotionally charged moments for me of like any show and that's all thanks to mickey thanks mickey uh but yeah so (laughs) i don't know like I don't think, um, if you were to rank characters, if you were to ask people who's your favorite Fab Five character, would Mickey win? I don't think so. I think he might. I I honestly think he might. I don't think, okay. Looking at people that we know. Okay, but people that we know. Who have a favorite character. (laughs) In the Fab Five, nobody would pick Mickey. But... Uh, but I'm talking even, like, extended family. Like, your grandma's favorite is Goofy. My aunt's favorite is Goofy. My mom's favorite is Minnie. What about your Minnie. uncle? I don't know. I've never asked. <laughs> well. What about your dad? I think my dad's might be Donald. <laughs> but, I mean... It, it, it might not be things that they've ever stopped to think about either. But, right. you know, my parents, they're not as big of Disney fanatics as we are. So they I probably guess like, eh. What we've got to do is raise our child to appreciate Mickey the most. Sure. Let's. <laughs> I don't think that. I don't think I want to do that. Well, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I want our child to appreciate Mickey, but they're free. To choose who their favorite is. I'm just going to indoctrinate them with subtle messages. <laughs> You're going to trace ma- meat mice on everything. Did you almost say mice? Yeah, <laughs> I did. Okay, let's get back to... Okay. We, we still got some trivia. <laughs> well, there's very few trivia left for fun and fancy free. We still there got a whole other movie. Yeah, well, that's life. Um, so... Another thing about the trio is this movie, Mickey and the Beanstalk, is notable for reuniting the trio of Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, and Goofy. Um, They had co-starred in several animated shorts in the 30s, but the last of them was The Whalers in 1938. You know, this is something that um, 
I feel it, it would probably be done more as a series, but I think there's a lot of shorts on Disney Plus, and I want to rewatch those. We see a lot of the abridged versions when we go to Disney right. because they play them on the Magical Express, the yeah. bus that takes you to the resort. Um, but it's always the same ones. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's just I want to see more of them. So we'll have to have a look at that. We can do that. Yeah. Uh, now the song Fun and Fancy Free, which is sung by Jiminy Cricket, was actually intended to be used in Pinocchio. I knew but this. But it was dropped. Would you... It would not change my feelings about Pinocchio at all. <laughs> no, well, actually, obviously it wouldn't change your feelings about the movie, but I remember distinctly you saying that one of the best things about the movie is the soundtrack. Yes, I I think they made the right choice in dropping this. It is not as iconic as the rest of the soundtrack. I really think it would have just been a meh, like a bleh. <laughs> I actually, I can't even think of it right now. The only song that I can clearly think of of everything that we listened to yesterday is the Johnny Appleseed segment, which we'll get to because that's in the next one. Hi Diddly Dee. I have no idea. This is a song that the giant sings. Oh. Yeah, no. For that's me, what's it's in the my head. Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> uh, and then the last little fact, which is the only fact basically that I have about the other short that's featured in this movie. Uh, which is, so Bongo, oh, actually, you already talked about this. I don't have a fact. This is about <laughs> how the initial draft uh, included a minor crossover with some circus characters from Dumbo. Okay. So, that's it. So, staying power, Sir Mickey's is the only thing that we've got. Sir Mickey's is a shop in Magic Kingdom, possibly in other places. I realize now I should have looked that up. But definitely in the Magic Kingdom, that is themed after Mickey and the Beanstalk. Yes. It's very cute. You can see the Beanstalk growing out in places. And isn't there a spot, too, that if you look to the ceiling, you can see the giant peeking in? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's very cute. It's very well themed after. That's all we've got for staying power. Yeah. And it's now the only place in the Magic Kingdom, other than the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, where you can get pixie dusted. Pixie dusted. You used to be able to do it across, or no, it was always in that shop. You could also do it across. Anywho. So, I've got a hot take about this. Oh, you've got a hot take about it? Jiminy is all about being people's conscience. And he's like, you shouldn't read letters that aren't addressed to you. But then he sees that it's for a party. Okay, so if you haven't watched it, essentially what happens is Jiminy's in somebody's house because he always just goes into people's houses, which again, breaking and entering. Not a great conscience. Um, And then he sees that there's some mail laying out. And then he goes, you shouldn't read other people's mail. This isn't for me. But then the card says, a party. And he's like, a party? And he opens it up. And he's like, well, I'm going to go. Uh, it would be rude to turn down an invite. First of all, Jiminy, you were not invited. <laughs> Second of all, you get to this party. And this party is one little girl and the ventriloquist man with his two ventriloquist dummies. Which is probably the worst party I have ever seen, and Jiminy deserves to have to suffer through it for reading other people's mail. (laughs) It's true, like, such a big part of this movie is actually outside of the shorts. That, That sequence is fairly, like, it's not super long, but it takes a bit of time. Yeah. 
to set up that next story and it's like not sure what's going and they kind of go back and forth yeah while he's telling the story um so yeah it's it's an interesting concept because it just kind of comes out of nowhere because the first part when Jiminy is in the house it's animated he's not in like a real house He's right, in an animated house, and even and when the outside a... of that house is animated, yeah. until he gets inside of it, and then it's live action. Yeah, so that just kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, kudos for the, you know, innovation there. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's. I like that puppet. It's got some sassy comments. That's. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, also, hot take. So, okay, we didn't really touch on the bongo story a lot. That's because that was wild. Yeah, it's a bit... So, basically, Bongo the bear is a circus bear. And he's a very, very famous circus bear who can do it all. But he is very mistreated by the circus people, as most circus animals are wont to be. Um, so he runs away because he longs to be in the wild. And then you kind of figure out that he doesn't know how to do anything in the wild, which makes sense. And then he comes across this little girl. Okay, here's another thing. When they introduce the story, they talk about a little girl bear. Not a woman bear. A little girl bear. And then a big, burly grizzly bear who wants to be her boyfriend. Dun dun dun! So there's a lot of problems. That's already, yeah. And then so yeah, he falls in love, and then this grizzly bear comes around, and he's all mad. And then you find that bears tell each other "I love you" by slapping one another. Yeah. Not the I best mean, message they, to put out there. That's true, but they, they do, do say, always say for a bear. Like yes, only spe- a bear. They, they specify only it's only bears. bears. Yeah, only bears do this. There's a song only about it, bears. and they're like, everybody else can do hugs and kisses, but bears, they say it with a slap. So they, they drive home again and again. It's only the bears. That's and I true. think that's because somebody listened to it and said, mm, we need to make it abundantly clear to small children that they shouldn't go around smacking other people in the face. So tell them I love you. Yeah, so that's, that's the gist of uh, Bungo the Bear. And, uh, yeah, it's an interesting concept. It's wild. Yeah. So, uh, are we ranking it now? Or uh, yeah, we can rank it as a whole. Uh, let's rank it as a whole. But these are two separate movies. But they're in one movie. You wouldn't go and, you wouldn't go and watch just I'm one not... of I'm talking about Fun and Fancy Free. We're, we're done with Fun and Fancy Free. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> okay, for some, I don't know. For some reason, I thought our entire episode was the two segments. Nope. And then, anyway. So I'm going to give it a three, and here's why. Mickey and the Beanstalk. Uh, entirely. Because, oh, oh, another hot take. I agree, they should have just killed the cow. <laughs> yeah, it's, um... Donald goes a little crazy. He is like, I'm going to kill the cow. And everybody's like, no, he's our friend. First of all, 
not your friend. Second of all, if they were your friend, you're okay with selling your friend, but not okay with eating your friend? Come on. Yeah, selling them and they're going to be eaten wherever you sell them. Just eat them yourself. And then Mickey comes home with three beans instead of steaks. You could have had steaks and Mickey comes with more beans. Donald was right to be mad. Yeah, and like, that's actually um, part of it. There were two parts of the, um, two drafts, I guess, of the story where they included how and where he got those beans. And one option was from John Fallfellow. Mm-hmm. The villain from Pin- one of the villains from Pinocchio, um, and another option was actually from Minnie. <laughs> but I like I think those would be two different scenarios where one different is things. trying to con him without and... knowing what he really has, and the other is actually trying to help him. Um, I'm gonna go a little lower than you. I'm gonna give it a two, uh, mostly because. I'm not going to give a high ranking for the second one, but I am going to rank it higher than this one. All right. So then we can go into... Rewatchability. Rewatchability. Uh, I watch Mickey and the Beanstalk once a year, maybe. Just Mickey and... You would, you would fast, fast forward, forward through, through everything Bongo, else. Fast forward through that weird party straight into Mickey and the Beanstalk. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't think I'm ever going to watch this again, to be honest. <laughs> Maybe if you put it on, I'll I'll listen to the first bits where there's a lot of sass, and that's it. All right. So then that brings us to melody time. So why don't you give us a synopsis? Synopsis from melody time goes as follow off of Disney+. Plus. In the grand tradition of Disney's great musical classics, melody time features seven timeless stories, which enhanced with high-spirited music and unforgettable characters. This program is presented as originally created. It may contain outdated cultural depictions. May it does. It really does. You know what? We were getting precursor to Peter Pan. We were getting so far into it, and I was like, "It's been doing something good." And then, whoo, like a school bus, and we were Regina George, just (laughs) smacked down in Pico's Bill. Oh, so you wouldn't consider the segment of Johnny Appleseed? Johnny Appleseed. It's kind of characteristic, like, more like a caricature, but it it doesn't really touch on, like, there's very little. It's, yeah, there's, yeah, that's also pretty racist. But it was not like. Yeah, the depiction, yeah. But it's it's not as bad as in Pecos Bill. Yes. Pecos Bill is like, wow. You you watch Johnny Appleseed and you're like. I'm a little uncomfortable. You watch Pecos Bill and you're like, I am super uncomfortable right now. Yeah, but it's uh, it's not surprising considering the fact that Peter Pan came out oh, we're after gonna, this. We're going to get to Peter Pan and I'm yeah. going to have some strong words. Honestly, anybody who's a fan of Peter Pan... Don't listen. Don't listen to the episode. Amber has very strong opinions, not even just about culturally, not even just, just about the natives. Just... All of it. So, if you don't want to get mad, please don't listen. Or at me. Uh, one of the two. Anyway, I don't so, care. Uh, let's go, let's with go some back to Melody Time. History. So, Melody Time was released on May 27th, 1948. It had a budget of $1.5 million, which is $16,100,290. 
$8.46. And in the box office rental returns, uh, it brought in $2.56 million, which in today would be $27,477,829.05. So this was a direct-to-video? No. No. No, but see, they don't really have box office numbers. They have rental numbers. I don't really understand how movies worked in the old days, to be honest. So, I mean, maybe this one wasn't... Re- it probably wasn't released in theaters. Maybe not. Who knows? The popular... So, it is essentially a popular music version of Fantasia. Um, and so, it's got the seven segments, as said. There's Once Upon a Winter Time, which arguably, I would say, is the one most people would know. I think almost everybody, if you showed them the scene of them ice skating, you would know. You would say... I've seen this before. Yes. You haven't seen the whole thing, but you've seen them ice skating around on the pond and the little hearts and the bunnies. And yeah, um, Bumble Boogie, which is about the flight of the bumblebee, and there's a bee bumbling around. The Legends of Johnny Appleseed, um, Little Toot, Trees, which is just about trees. trees. Um, Blame It on the Samba, which features Donald, uh, Jose, and the Arcturian Acurin? Acurin, Acurin, I think. Yeah, bird, uh, which we saw in Three Cabin Years. And then finally, last and certainly not least, Pecos Bill. When the film opened, uh, there's mixed. From the critics, it was, quote, generally unfavorable reviews. Um, but, you know, kids liked it. Um... That's all I got. <laughs> That's all you have? That's all there is. Wow. Okay. So So let's drive right into trivia, which admittedly I only have trivia for like three segments. I'm gonna and guess surprisingly oh, go ahead. Pecos Bill. Mm-hmm. Johnny Appleseed. Mm-hmm. Trees. Yes! The look on her face. You know why I picked Trees? I picked it because Trees was the most boring portion of this entire film. And yet somebody's going to be like, it's a cinematic masterpiece. And there are this and that. The tree in the end is a cross, everybody. Yes, this is this is part of what I'm touching on. So like, I'm going to start with Trees. Okay. Um. So the segment Trees is largely a recitation of the poem Trees. Uh, which um, came out in 1913. I'm going to start ahead. Trees has the most disturbing line I have ever heard about uh, the Earth's the glowing. Earth's supple breasts. Glowing. Glowing breasts. The Earth's glowing breasts. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't need to hear that. And I didn't want to hear that. And now I know those words. Anywho, so it was a uh, yeah recitation of the poem Trees, which was written by Joyce Kilmer. Um, it is the author's most popular poem. I knew uh, somebody was going to say it's a masterpiece. No, but it's his most popular po- poem. It's a lyric poem about the beauty of trees. Did you um, say his name is Joyce? Yeah. Uh, he was considered a major poet of his era, but died young, killed while serving in World War One, um, and R.I.P. But it's yeah. not a good poem. <laughs> so consequently, his you know work was 
rather small, which could explain why this is his most popular piece. Um, and his style of poetry largely fell out of fashion by the 1920s. I wonder why. Uh, but yeah, this is, um, this entire thing, like the, the whole of Melody Time, is one of the rare Disney animated works to feature religious content. So not only... Heavily. Yeah, so you mentioned trees, which, um mention God, God in the poem's verses itself, but then also the main tree featured in the segment is shaped like a cross. Uh, but also with the legend of Johnny Appleseed. He going around preaching. Yep. A um, lot of religious content in that one with his um, mentor being featured as an angel uh, and when he dies spoiler alert, I guess. <laughs> he dies. Uh, the angel is there to receive his soul and lead him to the afterlife. And then Johnny also sings about God a lot as he goes around. Um, although, one of the elements missing from the story is that John Chapman, who Johnny Appleseed is based off of, was a missionary of the new church, popularly known as Swedenborgianus. <laughs> well, I can't. I wonder why they call it as the New Church for yeah. short. Uh, it was based on the ideas of Swedish mystic and scientist Emanuel Swedenborg. So this isn't actually. He was not actually preaching. He wasn't your preaching about God. He was like, preaching about Swedenborg. Well. It, I don't know how much, but yeah, he he was not preaching about your like regular your your good old your Christianity. Of, this isn't your run of the mill God. This is Swedenborg, uh, and he is credited to converting several people during his wanderings. So even though the sh- the move the short itself features a lot of God, this is not the exactly what he they was going like, around mm, preaching about the regular Bible. Take the Swedenborg, make it Jesus. Uh, and actually, a little fun fact about John Chapman, um, he, because he strictly followed his church's dietary doctrine, he could not use techniques like grafting to improve his apples. He had to grow them directly from the seed, and so that meant that the apples that would grow were too small and bitter tasting to actually be eaten. However, did, did the animals were- eat them? No, but they could be they could be used for making cider. And the cider was a lot more nutritious and safe to drink than the water that was available to the areas where he wandered. So selling his apple seeds, which again he sold these apple seeds. He yeah. wasn't just, you know, laying them down. Uh but selling his apple seeds to the local probably actually saved hundreds of lives. Because he provided them with a safer drinking option. All right, Swedenberg, um, you win for now. Yeah, because he, uh, yeah, he mostly went towards like what would be now modern Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Ontario, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. So, uh, other than you know the the part of Illinois that borders and Indiana that borders the Great Lakes, for the most part, those are very much inland. Well. Um, yeah, so at the, also at the beginning of 
the segment, the Johnny Appleseed segment, there is a book of American folklore that is seen opening, and three, page, three pages mentioning legendary American heroes are shown before John's. Uh, they are Paul Bunyan, John Henry, and Davy Crockett. And they did end up making films about all three men. So yes. they have the short cartoon uh, about Paul Bunyan was released in 58. For Davy Crockett was produced as a TV miniseries uh, that aired from 54 to 55. And then short cartoon about John Henry released in 2000, which I love the John Henry short. I love it's it so too. It's so sad, but I love Well, it. I mean the story of John Henry. Yeah, so. it's sad. <laughs> anyway. Um, and then one little fact about the production portion, I guess, of Johnny Appleseed. Um, the music for this portion was composed by Ken Darby. When he presented the segment to Walt Disney, Walt scorned the music because it sounded like New Deal music. Um, Rude! (laughs) The response by Darby to that was, that is just a cross-section of one man's opinion. (laughs) And he would not be seen at the studio much longer after that. (laughs) Well, he took that very personally. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so actually, I don't know if he actually did score it or if he was one of the options. I didn't actually look further into that. Um, and then I just have a couple of facts about Pecos Bill. Um, so there was controversy about cowboy smoking. That's the co- <laughs> There, there. Uh, so the Pecos Bill segment was heavily edited for the release to DVD. Uh, it's back in the Disney yes. Plus version. You see all this smoking. But they actually had, because they edited the cigarette out in every single frame that it was in, pretty much, uh, they had to remove almost the entire tornado sequence because and some odd end in that movement because, you know kind of look weird if you're supposed to be smoking a cigarette and it's not there anymore uh but yes that that was a controversy you couldn't see smoking on tv or actually released on dvd yeah yeah that wasn't that long ago nope anyway uh and then lastly he is one of three prominent disney characters abandoned in the wilderness and raised by animals he is, I said this while watching, he is Mowgli if Mowgli was a blonde White child. <laughs> Pretty much, because he's, okay. He's I'm gonna, super tan I'm in gonna, the beginning. Well, he is a, a little. No, a not, big. not, but in the beginning, he is super tan, he's wearing a red thing, and he's blonde. He is just a blonde Mowgli that's been whitened up a little bit. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to segue right into a hot take with this, because, so the reason he's very much like Mowgli as well is because he is specifically raised by a, well, by a coyote, not a wolf, but close Potato, potato. And straight up, he goes to nurse from that coyote, and to do so, he just yanks one of the pups away and throws it back. And the mama coyote just looks down, and at first she's kind of like surprised, and then she gets this smile, like, 
that's my little boy. And then, wouldn't you know it, in the following sequence, which shows him as a little bit of an older child and the pups a little bit older as well, there's one pup missing. He straight up murdered that pup. Yeah, that was like, that pup was probably the runt, but he was fine (laughs) until this kid showed up. Until Pecos Bill decided he was going to be a coyote. So... Yeah, not not an A-plus on that mom, which, I mean, I know in the Animal Kingdom, it's pretty ruthless. I still, still, that whole, so Pecos Bill, let's talk staying power real quick. There's a restaurant. That's pretty much it. Called Pecos Bill in the Magic Kingdom. It actually serves good food. It does. Um, Do, are any other shorts featured anywhere else? Nope, they're... Uh, there's one other thing which I, well, they used to be in the old world of Disney before they redid it. One of the murals um, depicted Jose during uh, in the Samba, hmm. and then on the Samba, yeah, and um, also at the All Star movies, sometimes you can see. Um, they'll put up the poster for Melody Time. Oh, in the lobby area? Yeah. At least, uh, in 2010, but I didn't see it last time we were there, so. At one point, it was there. That's what I got. Well, that sounds about right, about staying power for this one, because, yeah, like, I think also, um, Little Toot was also featured in comics in the... Yeah, oh, oh! Okay, Little Toot. Let me talk about Little Toot for a moment. They straight up arrest a small child, and everybody's like, that's what you get if you're a bad child. And they don't just have one police boat taking him. They have two grown police boats taking this small child boat. They're not just arresting him. They're basically, like, banishing him. Yeah! What? What? Yeah, just because they're like, won't you grow up, little toot? He's a child boat. Grow up, and since you're not going to, we're exiling you into the middle of the ocean. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty savage short. It's super savage. But yeah, so you have uh, you have some hot takes about Pecos Bill? Listen, every part where Native Americans are featured in that segment is a huge yikes also the his his love it's just so like ugh. that horse man it's like you're a friend be a friend no <laughs> no he's too jealous i'm just saying she could have done better than pico's bill well yes she could like, way better. Instead, she just up to the moon. Yeah. All because of her bustle. So what we've learned here is... is don't wear a bustle. Wear pants. <laughs> no, you could wear a skirt or a dress. You just don't wear a bustle under it. But, listen. If you're going to wear a dress, you want the bustle to give you that round look. We don't wear bustles anymore. But... 
we have different beauty standards now. Yeah, and part of those beauty standards that they had back then was women don't wear pants. I'm just saying, if she had worn secret pants underneath her dress. Well, then she would still want the bustle to give it that rounded look. <laughs> I. It, it's, not, it's not the lack of pants that made her bounce off. Listen. Yeah, and she's Let's... doing so good on that horse, too, until it just starts bouncing. So what are you going to say about, uh, give it a ranking? I'm actually, like, as an overall, so far, this has been my favorite package film. The disgust on my face right now. In terms of, and also in terms of, like, segments based on music or, like, featuring music. This has been, like, it's not my favorite of all the ones we've seen in our lives, but of what we've watched so far, it's my favorite. So I'm going to give it a 3.5. I'm giving it a 2. I'm giving it a 2. The best part for me was the winter sequence. Yes, I love that one. I also really enjoyed the Johnny Appleseed one. Uh, it's kind of boring. No, I like it. It's kind of boring. John okay. Henry is so good. Well, yes, and but then we're not reviewing that right Appleseed, now. And it's like mm, kind of a snore. Okay, well, it's okay. It's so a three point five. Is still not raising the roof, but I, I like it better than Fantasia. I like it better than Three Cavaliers. Uh, no. Nah. Okay, well, anyway. Rewatchability. Probably still never as a whole. I would rewatch The Winter, like those two, I would rewatch once in a while. But I'd say once it. a year, I will rewatch The Winter uh, with The Winter. <laughs> with The Winter. That's it. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, not uh, not winner choices here, but, you know, it's worth... They're package-era films. Yeah, and we've already kind of shown that this is not our cup of tea. I'm sure a lot of people appreciate them a lot more than we do. Uh, but, yeah, this is... Uh, they're just not winners for us. That's how it is sometimes. Yep. So, next week... Um, is going to be featuring, so next week, third episode of the month, so it's the Disney original, uh, Disney Plus original, sorry. Uh, They're all Disney originals. Yeah. Uh, And we are going to be doing, because last month we didn't do that episode, so this month we're going to be doing the Imagineering story. Yeah. Uh, And then two weeks from now is going to be this month's Listener's Choice episode. Um, so we're going to give the options now, and then next week we are going to be putting up the polls, um, where we're going to do again the two against two and then pitting the winners against each other. Yeah. Um, so the options are going to be Christopher Robin, Tomorrowland, Saving Mr. Banks, and Mary Poppin Returns. So, yeah, that's, uh, pretty much it for today, so you can... As always, reach us on social media, so uh, on Instagram, Magical Streaming, on Twitter, Stream the Magic, uh, on Facebook, we have a Facebook page, Magical Streaming. You can also send us an email at 
magicalstreaming at yahoo.com. Just anything, comments, suggestions, questions. Hit us up. Yep, hit us up. And, uh... Anti-hot take? Come at me. Go ahead. (laughs) Um, and yeah, so that's it for today. So until next time, enjoy your magical streaming. Bye-bye.